0: Ah, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast today on episode 200 I was very lucky privileged to have uh, Taylor Rock on the podcast he is a facilitator of creative purpose niche uh, initiative coach as well as guiding authenticity leadership authentic leadership excuse me I uh, got to say had a rather wonderful conversation with him uh, how he got started with it all um, let's just say uh, he became a blacksmith by moving a dragon and from there 125 letters later getting an interview becoming a lawyer and then yeah becoming the coach he is today it is a fascinating story and yeah much a very good conversation so please sit back enjoy and yeah don't forget subscribe subscribe to the podcast so yeah we can grow and get better have a good one my friends my life warriors and yeah be cool, be happy, be awesome. Peace. Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the day in, day out podcast. Woo! Today on episode 200, I have Taylor uh, uh, there ep- on this episode today. Uh, he is a facilitator of creative purpose, uh, initiative coach, uh, guide guide authenticity, leadership, and men's work. Ooh, yes. Many a title there, sir. And like I haven't even gone into the realm of uh, your podcast yourself, but we'll get there. But how are you today, Taylor? I'm oh, very true.
1: well, thank you, Muyua. Um Fantastic. Thank you for having me on. It feels a great pleasure. Uh, milestone, 200. Uh, yes. I, um, I'm, I'm certainly in that many days, months, but not years yet in life.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Now, I have to ask, like with all things, when we start these things off, now, a facilitator of creative purpose. Yes. What does that mean?
1: Well, I believe that we all have creative purpose here on this planet, um, and some of us need that unlocked. Some of us n- need uh, a little bit of uh, insight, or um, you know, the spark of ignition under us. So I facilitate that. We all have it. I'm not giving anybody purpose, but I facilitate that. To facilitate means to make something easy. So I facilitate others, people's creative purpose.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's one of the things in this world today that people sometimes miss out on if it's not purpose they have like basically they don't have vision it might sound very corporate-y but vision and purpose when you've got those two things going for you you're really rocking but when like most of the times I think a lot of people either miss out on one or the other so like coming up with creative purpose or helping people find that purpose it, it can't be easy I would imagine
1: Uh, Well, it's as easy as you decide it is. So um, I I worked on myself first uh, and had mentors and had uh, help uh, for myself. Um, And it's creative because you create your purpose. Um, I don't believe that you sort of find your purpose. Like, you know, we have this misnomer and this idea that we go out and find our purpose as if it's like lost change that's underneath the sofa cushion (laughs) or something but we create our purpose, you know, our, our lives, you know, we were saying before we got started, right. We're, we're not scripting this, we're making this up. So we're making up our lives every single day. So you have an opportunity to create what your life is about and you have an opportunity to create what your purpose is about. Uh, And as I say, my, my assumption and my, my um, belief is that we all have creative purpose. So as you, you rightly say, many of us, we don't have structures. We don't have, things in society that support us to make us believe that we have creative purposes. Like, oh, that's for these Instagram influencers, that's for these Hollywood uh, actors or whomever. But that's not me, right? I just go to my desk and sit here and do this. But actually, I believe we all have creative purpose.
0: Mm. Yes. And when you say you've worked on yourself, I've got to say, hmm, if like you are, how can I say, you have had your, like, You've put many rods in many fires over the course of time. Like from basically, yeah, like from what I read on your bio, being a blacksmith to like, yeah, in the realm of corporate wealth. It, so like, with, excuse me, tongue tied, need to change these teeth. Excuse that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. With that kind of journey, like, okay. Blacksmith. Did you start at being a blacksmith, then transition to the corporate world? Or were you like in the corporate world and transition to being a blacksmith?
1: Um, no, so it was, it was the former. I mean, you talk about many rods in, in the fire and blacksmithing yeah. is literally that. You put a rod of steel in, into the coal fire, take it out and, and beat it and forge it into uh, the forms that you want. Mm. Um, I, um, I fell into, well, like most things in life, I fell into blacksmithing. Um, I, uh, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be. Um, I hadn't, ha- I had a notion that I wanted to be a filmmaker. I, stu- I studied film at university. Oh. Um, but I wasn't, I don't think I was a very good filmmaker. Anyway, I was interested in it. Um, and when I graduated from university after a couple of years, I went, <clears throat> I went to live with my father who I actually had not had a relationship with, um, really, uh, I mean, I had a passing relationship with, but, um. My parents got divorced very, very, very young. So I went to live with him in my early 20s and uh, I was living with him and he was doing some theatre. He was involved. uh, He was his own. I mean, maybe a chip off the or the apple doesn't fall fall far from the tree because he was quite an eclectic man as well. Um, And uh, he was involved in the film industry, such as it was in North Carolina. Um, uh, in the 80s, 90s, really. Uh, And he knew somebody uh, that was a local artist. Uh, And I met this man, um, Joel Haas, and we got to talking and we got on well. And he said, you know, I was in my 20s. And he said, you look like a strong man. How'd you like to earn $20? And I was like, well, what do I need to do? And he said, I need to move an 18-foot dragon from my shop to a local... Garden, and I said, well, "I don't understand what you're talking about." What?
0: <laughs> that sounds like. Okay. And he said, "Well,"
1: and he said, "Well, come by my my house tomorrow at four o'clock, uh, and we just need it'll take twenty minutes, and I'll give I'll pay twenty dollars." And I said, "Cool." So I went by, and we um, and sure enough, there was a, a dragon that was fabricated out of. metal metal that was in three different sections, so the sort of the head, the tail, and the body, yeah. uh, and we lifted it up onto the back of his pickup truck uh, and then drove it about three blocks away to a, a garden, a home, with a garden where we installed um, this 18-foot dragon, and I said, okay, well, that was cool, and he paid me $20, and I said, well, that was great. Um, sorry, what what did we just do, and how, how what do you do? What is what is this? Mm. And he said, and he said, well, I'm a metal sculptor. Um, and I said, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. How do I do this? And he said, well, come by tomorrow afternoon, um, and I'll teach you how to weld. So I started going by his house, and sure enough, uh, he was teaching me how to weld. He was teaching me metal smithing, um, and I started working with him, and I became his apprentice apprentice and worked with him for about a year or so. Um, and then he introduced me to a local uh, blacksmith who was a regionally and actually nationally um, and inter- internationally known um, blacksmith, Enrique Enrique Vega. Uh, and I worked with him for a year and a half um, apprenticing with him as, uh, as a blacksmith.
0: Good God, like, <laughs> from, like from one random like task, just moving a dragon to like, yeah, a year uh, a yeah. and learning how to weld and do metal work. <laughs> like, and you just was like, I'm going to go with this. Are you kind of a person which just sort of rolls with a particular flow at a particular time? Would you
1: say? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like variety. So um, I find things and I get involved with them and, you know, maybe at some point I get a little bored with them and I move on to something else. So, you know, similarly, I kind of fell into being a Wall Street lawyer. Um, So I was I was I was at law school. Yeah. Which, you know, was its own sort of story. I mean, you know, I, I got to a point actually with the with the metalsmith that I, I was kind of encouraged to go off on my own. I didn't I didn't really feel like I had the confidence at the time to start my own business. And I re- I retreated to what I, what I assumed was an easier task because I was more capable intellectually or whatever. And so yeah. I decided to go to law school. Um, I don't know if that's easier or not, but it felt easier to me than, than becoming an artist. Um, so I went to law school, uh, and then after my first year law school in the U S is three years, uh, postgraduate, um, post university. And, um, uh, and one, And my best friend uh, the first year in law school was working as an intern in New York City. And I went down to see him one weekend. I had zero intention of getting a corporate law job. Uh, I thought it was going to do something very, very different. I thought it was going to do like civil rights legal work. Yeah. Um, and I went to New York City and I had one of the most amazing weekends of my life with this friend of mine. You know, it's just like, all of a sudden this city like opened up for, I I grew up in suburbia. um, And so, you know, it'd be like somebody, I don't know, growing up like in where, you know, wherever, like suburban Devon or something. And they come to London for the first time. And here somebody shows them an amazing time, opens up the whole world to them. And I just said to my friend, I said, this is amazing. How do I live here? And he said, well, you just do this, this, and this, you work really hard, you you fill in this, You, you apply here. Uh, and there you go. So that's what I did. I went back to where I was uh, living in Maine, uh, and I, um, f- filled out, I, uh, sent in 125, um, des- you know, specifically designed cover letters with my resume mm-hmm. to, uh, law firms in New York city.
0: Thank God. Like, because like, this is the thing, New York city, like New York city compete to Maine yeah it's a wild time what year what year was this because like I can now sort of gauge how wild the time it would have been
1: yeah so I mean I um I uh I worked there in 19 in the summer of 1999 so I would have applied for the position in uh is that right or 98 Uh, Anyway, it was around mid to late 90s, 96, 97, I probably applied and then worked there maybe the summer of 98. Um, Uh Yeah, so it was was still, um, I I will say, you know, I mean, I'm fortunate. Uh, I went to, I didn't go to a Harvard, Yale, Columbia, these kind of, you know, prestigious law schools. I I didn't have that pedigree. I went to a very regional, small um, podunk, we would call it. Uh, (laughs) law school hodunk, yeah uh law school um backwards right in in a sense and um but it was the dot com boom and so there were people law firms were hiring oh we'll take people from this place and that place and Mm. and i just slotted into that um you know sort of uh yeah realm and 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 world um and got a job from it and and actually I got a job because uh I'd been a blacksmith because I put it on my CV um and when I went to the uh interview people were like well this is interesting what what why is this here and what does this mean and so I had a whole story about um how being a blacksmith related to being a lawyer mm-hmm. uh and um and I was in control of the conversation uh, because you know most Conversations, you know, you go to a law firm and you want to make people look how cool you are. And you, well, I interned and I, you know, made yeah. copies for this state senator. And people are like, great, yeah. great. That's really, really impressive.
0: The sort of standard uh, sales pitch everyone yeah. does in that interview. Like, yeah, I can imagine.
1: So I didn't have that. I had my own thing and I didn't know how good it was until I showed up. And people are like, I mean, I actually only had two interviews uh, in New York out of the 125. Um, uh, applications. Yeah, I had three interviews. Yeah, I, no, but this, so that's all. All you need.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, but this is the thing. That's what you got to do, though, because like many people think, yeah, you applying like you applied to one or two places, and there you go, the job comes into play. But like applying yeah. for 125 places, just getting three responses, and out of those three, you got in, like, yeah, because of how can I say, like your past as a blacksmith <laughs> uh, that's like i'm right i can imagine what i'm maybe he can shoe a horse for us just <laughs> uh, just, just want to see him do it <laughs> so you're gonna hire him on that basis yes let's let's go so exactly ah uh, so, like, this is the thing. You're like doing the law thing in, like, <laughs> let's just say, a very, about a very interesting period of time, uh, definitely for New York City, like, like mm-hmm. late 90s going into mm-hmm. the early 2000s. Now, mm-hmm. Because, yes, dot com, that went, that went pop. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, were you around during like the September of 2001?
1: I was, I was living in New York, however, I wasn't there uh, when it happened. I was, on, I was on vacation with my then girlfriend um, and who would, well, now my ex-wife, but um, in uh, Utah, uh, we were at Zion National Park. Um, and um, because I was three weeks away from leaving the US to um, fly to Tokyo, Japan, I had months before secured an, an, a possibility, again, to your point of like, what's, uh, you know, where, where my nose follows, I, um, I chose, oh, I asked to go to, uh, to a foreign office, um, and originally, the human resources department said, no, we won't allow you to go because you don't know a foreign language, uh, and you don't have enough experience, and I said, okay, well, that's what I want to do, and months later, they called and said, hey, do you want to go to Tokyo? Because we need somebody junior who doesn't need to speak the language who can work there. And I said, sure, yeah. great. So uh, that was done in June of 2001. And so I was set to leave New York the end of September. Um, and that's what I did. I got on a plane uh, three weeks after 9-11 and flew to Tokyo, Japan. And I have not lived in the U.S. since.
0: My God, like you are like that. Do you remember a TV show called The Littlest Obo? No. no, but I like it. Like basically, it was a it was a TV show about this dog, which just like went on its adventures just in the mid, like in America. Just like it'll go along, it'll like help a random stranger out by I I don't know, like I had some great life coaching skills and like get their lives sorted. And then once his job was done, he went down the road, <laughs> and it's like yeah. Kind
1: of, yeah, it's kind of what I do,
0: and yeah. You- because you are you've got the the wandering man genes but right? because like if you like on yeah you know what I haven't been back to the states since then wow <laughs> it's like I, mean,
1: I, I i've been back to visit but i haven't lived there yeah I, I lived in tokyo I, I lived here in london i lived in france I came back to london and now i just travel around so ah. i mean I'll,
2: I'll i'll
1: give you so uh the 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 place i own here i mean now i'm really homeless because the place i own here yeah. Um, uh, which I uh, renovated uh, all of last year, all through COVID. I renovated my apartment, spent a ton of money, spent a lot more time and money that ever knew I had. Yeah, um, and it just got flooded out uh, last year. Sorry, last a week ago, a week ago today, completely oh, no. flooded. It's completely destroyed. It has to be completely renovated. So I'm homeless. So I'm 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 now back on the road.
0: Oh my God! Like yeah. yeah. What part of London do you live in? I have to ask because, like London, like this year, it has been <clears throat> it has been the year of rain and then more rain, and just when you think there hasn't been enough rain, uh, a little bit more rain. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I
1: was away for most of that. I haven't been in London really since uh, mid June. Okay, um, but my place is very central uh, in Bloomsbury. Okay. Um, yeah, so near Euston Russell Square for I don't know central London. Yeah.
0: yeah. I know it well. I I have staggered through those streets uh, many <laughs> many, right?
1: many many people sta- uh, many people stagger, stagger through those streets.
0: Yes, like going yes, sometimes with the homing beacon of a carrier pigeon like just to get me home and sometimes Hey, I, I can't go into too much detail because yes, I'm sure my mother sometimes listens to this podcast. I don't <laughs> hate to be that at the moment. But yeah. Oh, nah but yes, I've got to say it. No, so this is the thing. You apart from doing all of this bouncing around and like being a lawyer in a like foreign country and everything like this, now, what put you on the path, your true path of today? <clears throat>
1: Well, I think all of that did.
0: What? Yeah, but I hear you. But it's like, what was, but was there one sort of epiphanal moment where it was like, you know what? I'm done with this life of a lawyer. You know what? I'm done with this like corporate thing. You know what? I need to do something authentic, true to myself.
1: Yes and no. I don't know if there is like one epiphany moment. Mm. um i mean i i've i've sort of stumbled through a bunch of different things and there were definitely some some low and (laughs) very challenging times um when i uh when i i worked for i worked as a corporate lawyer for five years so i worked uh, in new york tokyo and then here in london Mm. and um after Mm -hmm. well certainly my fifth year I realized that I wasn't particularly happy doing what I was doing and that I wanted to leave. So I said, um, I, my ex-girlfriend and then who became my wife was a woman who I met in New York. We lived in Tokyo. And then uh, uh, when I moved here to London, she's French and she moved to the south of France. So we started talking about starting our own life up together. And mm-hmm. France, seemed, France seemed nice and we thought we could make it really work there. So um, I decided after five years to, to leave corporate law. Uh, it just wasn't you know it was good good pay but it yes. wasn't as you say it wasn't authentic so um so i left um and i lived in south of france for uh nearly 2 years um the marriage quickly came to <laughs> its conclusion as,
0: i like the way you went it quickly came to uh, its the end the co- yes, conclusion yes. Yes, um,
1: <laughs> Yes, uh, and, um, and so all of a sudden, I was in the south of France um, without really the job that, or career, I, I, and I was stumbling a bit, and mm-hmm. obviously then, then our relationship was over, so I kind of had to look and see what, what else uh, was around, and um, you know, I had a lot of options. I thought, well, do I go back to London? Do I stay here in France? Do I mm-hmm. move back to the US? If so, where do I go? Do I go to New York? Da, 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 all this and um, as it would happen, a, you know, providence, grace, however you see it, uh, a job pretty much landed in my lap um, and, and a job that I had actually wanted three years earlier. Uh, I didn't even understand it, but um, uh, there was a friend of a friend who worked for an Irish company and, um, and he told me, I went to go see him in Dublin with, with my really good friend Um, who was our mutual friend and this guy Chris Hill said that he was working developing and this is 2004 probably when we first yeah um, met up uh, actually we'd met years before but um, uh, uh, and he was working in offshore wind so he was developing offshore wind farms so uh, I mean even today offshore wind farms are pretty obscure because people are aware of wind turbines and wind farms and they maybe hear about them or see them on hillsides and whatever. But offshore wind farms are wind farms that are out at sea. And there's mm. there's a number of reasons why um, they're put out there, uh, but they just the wind's better, they, they produce more energy, all sorts of things. Anyway, when I heard about it, I thought that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard of. How do I get involved? Mm. And my friend said, in 2004, he said, well, I don't know, keep, keep in touch. We're always looking for new people. The industry is growing. Um, at that point, there were probably, you know, less than a few hundred people working in the industry. Fast forward to uh, early 2006, my ex and I were splitting up and um, my friend called and said, hey, um, you know, I'm really sorry you're doing so poorly and, you know, breaking up and not yeah. sure what you're going to do. I think Chris has a job uh, in offshore wind. And sure enough, there was a, there was a job that, I mean, nobody had any, I mean, jobs descriptions would say, you know, like the normal thing, it's like, well, you need five years experience in the industry, but the job? the industry was less than five years old. So yeah. n- nobody had that. Um, and the job required somebody, not required, but it definitely fit somebody with a legal background. Mm-hmm. So it was working on contracts and working with the government and, and doing all things. I mean, this is a One and a half billion pound infrastructure project uh, that would take, you know, seven to 10 years to develop and build. Mm. Uh, And this was three years into the project, um, and they needed, they were expanding out. So I came back to London, uh, got this amazing dream job working in offshore wind uh yeah i mean we were just literally making up it was once again being whatever you're, you're traveling uh a hobo just coming in and figuring things out uh, and so i did that for about five years um uh, in various guises i then moved into consulting um and at some point i suppose in consulting after a few years it was a fine job but um it felt like i was just shuffling paper from one side of a desk to the other
0: Yeah, no, this is the thing. The problem with consulting is like, okay, you go into a company or organization and like, yeah, you kind of pay to be the bad guy in Mm. some respects. And if you're not fighting against one person or you're not going against another group or there's someone who's like guarding all their little cookies, uh, they've got in that company as hard as possible. You're kind of not really doing the job properly, I'd say.
1: So I wasn't doing management consulting, that kind of thing. We yeah. were consulting, we were advising companies who were looking to buy uh-huh. or man or manage or sell yeah. offshore wind farms. So we had expertise that could help them run or buy a particular project. Um, and, and helping banks finance things. I mean, it, was, it had its interesting points. Anyway, after a while, I was just shuffling paper from one side to the other and uh-huh. I wanted and I wanted to change. Um, And I was doing my own personal development work um, in in intuition and creative consciousness or creative purpose. Um, And I wanted an opportunity to do something else. Uh, Well, that opportunity happened, occurred to me, maybe because I created it or called it in. I don't know. You can try to dissect it. Um, Because even though the the industry was growing like crazy, uh, my company... Had uh, diminished from about ninety percent in staff over five years, and uh, now what is it four four and a half years ago, Mm -hmm. something like that. uh, I was made redundant. Uh, My 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 department was shut down. I was made redundant, and I all of a sudden had an opportunity to say, "Well, I didn't want to do that anyway. I wanted to be my own, run my own business, and be an intuitive coach." Mm -hmm. So that's what I did.
0: How do you become an intuitive coach?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, you just choose it. I mean, you know, as I said, I was doing my own personal development. I had been working with uh, my mentor, William Whitecloud, um, who has, you know, he's written a few books, he's developed his own trainings, um, and I was seeing a lot of results in my own life, uh, in terms of, you know, personal, um, growth, uh, and getting, getting, getting results that I wanted. And his model that he's synthesized is, is based on intuition, which, you know, he says he didn't create, he's synthesized. I mean, this type of, I mean, it's essentially getting to know yourself, right. And, and, and Mm. trusting your inner compass that you know, what's best for you. Um, And, uh, and, um, what was I going to say? He, um, yeah, I was getting results from that. Uh, and, you know, was, was coaching, um, and decided that that's what I wanted to do. You know, talk about like getting in line with my authentic truths. As I was working with that, I could just feel things opening up as if like, this is what I want to be doing. And, and also all the training I'd had as a lawyer, as a consultant, and I don't know about being blacksmith, but, but potentially um, led me to that, you know, it was kind of, um, there's a, there's a guy, um, Robert Pressfield, uh, no, sorry, Stephen Pressfield, Um, Who he he wrote he's written many books uh, wrote uh, the Legend of Bagger Vance that was made in the you know Hollywood movie with um, uh, Will Smith and um, what's his name Matt Damon and blah blah blah
0: the Film
1: yeah exactly exactly Um, and and he what he writes about and actually what that movie is about is very much in line um, with with what I do with what William does and but Stephen Pressfield wrote an amazing book called The War of Art which obviously is a take on uh, Sun Tzu's uh, famous uh, book, the art of war, yes. um, but, but the war of art and he defines art broadly. There's art of painting, painting of writing a book, but there's also the art of cooking a meal of raising a child of whatever it is. Right. Hmm. And when you step into being an artist, however you define that and as broadly as you define that you face resistance and primarily if not almost exclusively the resistance you face is inside of you and uh and so he talks about how to deal with with that resistance yeah um and uh you know that that's um one of the things that he talks about in one of the second books is people end up in what he calls shadow missions so we have a, a mission in our lives Yeah. We have a we have a definitive higher purpose mission that we are here to fulfill. And most of us end up anywhere from one to 180 degrees away from that mission. <laughs> and so, therefore, if you imagine a sun shining down on you, in unless it's at high noon, you're gonna cast a shadow and you are gonna be one to 180 degrees off, you're gonna be in some shadow mission. So Mm -hmm. as I said, the the consulting, the lawyering, the skills I I learned in that are very applicable to what I do now. Being objective, being able to listen, being able to to take in and synthesize lots of information, not taking things personally, reflecting back truth to people. those Those are skills that you learn as an attorney, but it wasn't fulfilling to me. When I recognized those and, and and you know really was honest with my myself my heart, um, you know now I'm on purpose. Now I'm I'm you know fulfilling my creative purpose and mission. And, and you know I, I love working with other people and supporting them to develop and be in their truth, develop their 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 their, their you know on point
0: mission. Mm on point mission I like I like that I like that a lot yeah. yeah like this is the thing like I would imagine because of yeah the jobs the traveling around the world and everything like this you sort of constantly sort of putting yourself in a place of discomfort in some regards because like okay you could have happily stayed in New York getting with that sort of vibe and just kept on carrying on being a lawyer carried on like could have been a, like still being a blacksmith, started to have your own business and just carry on. But that sort of like moving, 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 moving uh, just keeps you unbalanced and you get to uh, like get a better take on yourself. What would you say to someone who hasn't kind of done um, like that, putting themselves in that place of discomfort more so uh, to sort of get face to face with their authentic self? Beyond point beyond mission as you would say
1: yeah I mean you know it's not necessary to do what I do and and, and nobody should be following the the exact footsteps of, of somebody else right really. um, each person has to decide for himself or herself what is uh, you know what that mission is but I will agree that um, putting yourself uh, at your limit at your edge um, of What's known and what's unknown? You know, mm-hmm. we we learn we learn things by stepping into the unknown. You know, we were saying before, right? The life isn't scripted. This podcast isn't scripted, and there is a tendency in all of us uh, to want safety and security, and that's natural. That's a that's a human thing, right? We want to know what, what roof is over our heads. We want to know how how the meals going to come on our table, mm. all that stuff. Um, but of course. None of that is actually truly certain. I mean, I just shared. I have a roof over my head that I spent a lot of money on. um, And a week ago, it completely flooded out. So where am I? Do I have the security of that? No, I assumed I did. I put a lot of money into it. But now I'm homeless for six to eight months minimum while the insurance deals with this and rips everything out and starts over again, right? So this illusion of safety and security is just that. And, and I think for many people, um, they, we want to extend that. We want to extend that illusion of security and, and actually believe that it is truly secure mm. to all these other aspects. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think more and more, you know, the world we live in um, is showing... The, the cracks in those foundations in those assumptions. You know, I was sharing with somebody uh, over the weekend um I was on another podcast and you know some some younger some younger uh, folk younger. <laughs> and uh, yeah exactly <laughs>
0: like a, like, uh, back
1: trying, in my day he goes
0: you know, back in my day and exactly. you look at like a, but you're ten. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it, was like a, uh, it wasn't yeah. like this back
1: about five years ago back when i was a kid mm. uh, yeah um but you know i was but i was sharing i said you know if you look at like i mean i'm 51 uh you know if i look at my parents and certainly like you know my grandparents generation right you know mm. there were i mean i, I could you can find the equivalent uh here in the uk but like you know take your like ibm general electric right these are like these gold standard, nothing's ever going to change Ford motor companies. Right. I mean, back yeah. you know, back then it's just like you get a job with those companies and they're like, okay, cool. You are set. You have a job for the next 35, 40 years, whatever it is. Um, and we're going to take care of you. You're going to get this much money, and you're going to rise up, and blah 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 blah. And you get this much vacation, and here's your security, and then here's your pension at the end, and here's your gold watch that we thank you for your service, mm-hmm. and then you can go to Florida or go on your cruises and whatever you want to do, right? And people are like, "Cool, handshake. I'll take that contract." Right? Also, because people didn't realize that maybe they could do other things. Well, that's gone. I mean, that left that you know that left the, the building. 30 plus years ago, right? Because oh. those companies, they're like, well, we're gonna merge with this company, we're gonna hack this le- uh, workforce. And so all that you know, all that assumed security is, is gone. So, you know, I think as people were on the receiving end of that, people started saying, Well, why would I give my life to a Ford or an IBM or whomever if there's no loyalty? And so I think we're in this place now where people realize that that, you know we still kind of look for some sense of security but it's really not there right and and certainly the last 18 months has shown us well ain't ain't nothing certain
0: (laughs) no like you know what like this is the thing yes a small bit of pathogen can like wreck the world in like no time at all Uh, yeah
1: yeah. Yeah. well and 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 everything that goes along with it right I mean you know uh, I mean, it's not just the pathogen, right? It's like, what? How, how do we how do we live our lives, and how do we how do we how do we create a society, right, that actually keeps us sane and uh, and functioning? Um, and so, I mean, I guess that's all to say, right? Like, for, for me, the there is, the assumption that things are certain is not actually uh, necessarily true so i have appreciated and and i've been in positions um and i do put myself in positions to test um some of that certainty not for the sake of daredeviling, i don't Mm -hmm. think um but because it's kind of what i'm drawn to do and you know as i as i um I think the, the things that I were, that I was in before, I don't, I don't know what my makeup is, but, you know, I remember being a lawyer and making a lot more money than I make today and not being happy and looking around and thinking, is this what I want to do for the next 40 years? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be an alcoholic. I'm going to be miserable, like just clicking through TV shows and getting fat and maybe having a wife that I don't really appreciate because I'm miserable in myself and mad at my kids. And I just thought, I I don't want any of this. Like, that's just me, right? I I can can only speak for me. And so I had this desire urge to test that. Now, I I definitely, you know, fell flat many times, you know, when the, the, I mean, I kind of presented some really good stories, but you know, the, the transition from lawyer, well, transition from blacksmith to lawyer was, was a hardship in and of itself. I mean, you know, yeah. putting out 125 letters and giving 122 no's or just no responses is tough, right? Um, the transition from um, uh, lawyering to renewable energy to, to, I mean, you know, I didn't say much, but you know, the, the, the breakup of the marriage was devastating for me. But that's cool, right? It's like, uh, you know, um, uh, Nietzsche, um, you know, famously said that which does not kill me makes me stronger. Um, and you know, we we're in this like I, I don't know what this life is, but we're in this opportunity. Like, what is it to be alive? Right. I mean, is it to be at a desk and be doing the same thing and 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 then you know wedge out uh, uh, some time here or there? Is it to actually follow through into your heart into a path that's unknown and uncertain but that may actually when you follow it give you riches and a sense of yourself and fulfillment
0: far greater than any paycheck could ever provide yeah no it's more of that life like okay this is the thing we are like we live in one of the best times of all times for the human race 2020, all of that, even right now, look, if you went back 30 years like this, if the pandemic happened, it's like um, can you imagine just like um, yeah, you, like, you'll you just simply go mad on four TV channels and like going, okay, <laughs> or whatnot. You have, what is going on? But you have all the options in the world to watch every, anything you want, learn anything you want, everything like this. One of the things I think a lot of people fall in the trap of because the whole nine to five, like sort of rhythm, the sort of like comfort and like the sort of like life of like, going, yeah, I've done my day at work. I've come back home. I'm now with my family. I might watch a little bit of TV. Might like if you got kids, help the kids like study, and then yeah, go to sleep the next day. Life is about little challenges you have to take on bit by bit. Some of the challenges will be small, insignificant, and it will just be like yeah you are just sort of going on that daily grind. And some of those challenges will be like epic, Mm -hmm. like a real struggle, painful at times as well. I think the times when we sort of get like fall into the doldrums and we don't like really like lose it with life or get detached from life is when we don't actually like seek out some of these challenges uh, Mm -hmm. and just basically sit back and get like the senses get dull and the reflexes are not as good as they were. And you don't kind of appreciate uh, the next day or the day after and the day, like every single day, which should be a gift. Because when you're here, you're here. When you're gone, you are gone. And there is nothing you can do about it, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, I it's interesting. I, like, I look back on... Um, you know, my 20s, I mean, I was a pretty miserable person <laughs> for a long for, for a long for a long time. I really I was.
0: Like you know, I can't believe that because we both head dropped before we started this podcast. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, of course.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think I've come to that appreciation mm. of of what of what the preciousness of of, of this of this life. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've lost people a long long way. I was talking to uh, talking to a very good um, family friend. On the weekend, on on my podcast, a uh, man who's eighty seven and like God, he still just has this like fire, you know, yeah. like in his eyes, and like the things he's done, really, really re- amazing. And um and he was a one of my father's mentors. My my father died very, very young. He was fifty three, um and it was very sudden. And um but you know, it was like you know, twenty years ago, and and I, I think, like I remember being because I wasn't on purpose, and I had this desire. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't have the instruction. I, yeah. I, I didn't, or I didn't walk through the right doors. I was bumping up against walls. I was tripping over myself to be miserable sometimes and and doing a pretty good job at it. Um, and, you know, it, like I got sick of hangovers and hitting my, you know, like head against the wall meta- <laughs> metaphorically and physically. I got sick of that you know, being frustrated and, and, and choosing, okay, well, what, what's my responsibility and what can I, what can I do in this? And, Mm. and, you know, I I tried different things. I tried different, I suppose, therapies, drugs, uh, legal and and, and otherwise Um, I tried different, um, you know, retreats, yogas, meditations, different things. And I'm grateful, you know, uh, like I have a lot, you know, I I really appreciate all of it. Um, And when, when I came to you know the work I do now six years ago or whatever, uh, it it stuck. You know I I it, it I was doing different things and 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 this work you know the community the people I was doing and and the results I was getting and my ability to see my my responsibility my um, and my agents agency my capacity to create what I want in my mm. life, pers- personally, professionally. And it's not like just been a straight line up, right? There have been significant, you know, I mean, like I shared, right? I mean, my, my place, I was uh, in Vienna with my girlfriend um, last week. Uh, and I got a message that said, you know, my, my apartment had been completely flooded out. So there's a part of me that was furious and thinking like, God, I just spent a year, literally 11, 11 months uh, renovating this, this place to very high spec and, you know, spending a lot of time, money, effort at project management, the whole thing. So there's a part of me that is like, wants to go to victim, right. And say, Oh, woe is me. And let me post on social media and, and get everybody to say how sorry they are for me. And I just thought, yeah, okay. I mean, what's that about? What's that about? Like, what, what's, what's, you know, why don't I see how this, how I can actually, you know, in myself, first of all, take responsibility responsibility and decide what I want to do with this you know and and what's the 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 opportunity or the blessing right what's the lesson what's the you know assume that this is here to serve me rather than that this is here to take me down and prove how insubstantial and I am yeah let's just assume that this is here for for my learning for my as a blessing for me
0: yeah, no, but like this is the thing So many people, okay, look Don't get me wrong, there's bad things What happen to people, like mm-hmm. Every day, and look, That's there true. are There are many situations and circumstances Which, like, if someone went Like, yeah, I'm the victim in this Like, situation, I'm like, you're, like, yeah, you're Damn right, I saw what's happened I'm, like, Oh my god, no But there are other times where Okay, bad things happen But, Honestly it's not the worst thing and honestly it's you kind of go yeah if you really weighed it up on the whole grand scheme of things it's not that bad Mm. Mm. like resolve that issue and move forward and like this Mm. is the thing like when you say take responsibility i think many people maybe it's today's society in some regards that yeah not a lot of people want to take that responsibility. Now and many a person wants to play the game of woe is me. And look, look I hold up my hands. I've I've played that game. It's like, woe is me. Isn't life so hard? And like you know, I kind of look and I I turn and I look at someone who's like out on the streets, like with their dog next to him, like missing a leg, maybe, and go, Woe is me. And they look at they look at me like, Are you crazy? Mm. Like, are you insane? Like <laughs> Your life is not that bad from where I sit, mm. and you've got to hold that perspective you've got to get hold of it because you can drift into a silly into a silly realm at, as I see it you know
1: yeah yeah hundred like percent yeah hundred percent
0: no so with this and I imagine like yeah with the people you've been helping, like what have been some of the things they've come to you uh, with? Like helping them try to find, yeah, like you know what I mean. What have they been coming to you?
1: Well, uh, I mean, you know, everybody's on their own journey, um, and you know, I'm I'm not a miracle maker. I'm, I'm not a therapist. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I I help people to identify. You know, you were talking about purpose and vision. So I, I help people identify what their visions are, what, mm. the, what the vision is for their career, for their family, for their, their home, their artistic expression, you know, whatever it is, who, who they want to be in themselves. Now, as I say, I do that uh, through, through intuitive processes. So, so intuition, uh, you know, there's different, there's different definitions and understandings of intuition. Mm. But I believe that intuition is, you know, it's our, it's our inner tuition. It's our inner knowing. It's our inner knowledge, right? It's, it's, it's what it's our inner compass, right. That, that guides us without needing to know, you you know, the, and we all have that. We just haven't developed that. You know, when you, the first time you go to a, you go to a gym, right. And it's like, you haven't worked on a particular thing and you say, okay, I want to bench press 400 pounds. And the guy's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's cool. Let's start with 10 let's get the let's get the form right let's start hmm. with this and we'll work our way up to that right so similarly you know I mean I work with intuition you know and there's some initial meditations and practices that we start to get a sense and you know I'm just in uh, su- supporting my mentors he's got a free online um uh, five-week program that you know a m- num- number of us support in there's I don't know a few thousand people around the world doing it And people come and and we do intuition readings and and we're and people are doing intuition readings which are giving like intuitive um, insight and understanding about somebody that you've never met before and somebody may be in London and another person may be in South Africa or Mm. somebody's in Miami and another person's in Kenya, and people are on zoom. And giving readings, like, insight into what somebody's gifts, talents, and abilities are, what their, um, uh, what, their, you know, what, what their weakness or what their limitations are, what their fundamental limiting beliefs are, and they're getting accurate information and people are saying, I don't understand, I mean, it's, it seems psychic, but it's, it's in intuition. Intuition is what the mind apprehends before... Rational thought kicks in. We're so used to rationalizing and saying, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. I don't have the right, I don't have enough money. I don't know the right people. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too thin. I'm too fat. All the excuses we give. But the, you know, on some level, I believe we're connected to everything through all time and space. Yeah. Not to get mm-hmm. too woo-woo, but like we're all energy. <laughs> we're all energy. We're all vibration. So, yeah. so we are connected, right? So on, on some level, we can connect to that. And 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 there are tools and techniques you can learn, relatively simple that connect you to that. Now, is it going to be flawless and and uh, and and get you to the moon on the first day? Well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's like I say, it's something you need to practice a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm a much better intuitive uh, coach today than I was two years ago or four years ago, right? When I started, um, because I'm I'm in that practice and I'm learning, right? I'm I'm, I'm constantly putting myself. In that so i help people identify the visions of what they want you know and as I say there's a practice you know i take people into meditation we go to a place it's kind of like a place outside of ego it's an imaginative place where somebody sees everything that they want and it already exists right like this is the life i want this is the mm-hmm. partner i want this is the home i want and you see it and i go and i see pretty much the same thing we share with each other and, and we share and we say, Well, this is what I got. And the person says, Well, that's amazing. That's what I got. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and so from that, I then help people, you know, identify a set of choices, right? You gotta you gotta put things in, it's not just some etheric, like, well, let me be happy, right? It's like, well, what are the what does it look like? What does it feel like? What, what is the the flavor of of that house, right? Or, or the the relationship. <clears throat> and it's not just sort of like wishing it and sitting under a tree and hoping it like, oh, if I just sit here and hope and pray on, and, and put enough mental energy, then a million pounds is going to be in my bank. Well, good luck to you. I haven't seen anybody who's done that yet. It uh, was like a
0: secret to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> let me let you in on a, on a little secret. Uh, that's, that's only half the truth. That is only half the truth. Because yeah. see, see, people that do that, Right, and 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 I've, I've I've been subject to this. People are focused on the wrong thing. They they say to themselves, "Well, I don't want to be poor, right? So I must want to be rich." Yeah. Mm. So we say we we I say that that's a negative vision because you're just trying to get away from what you don't want. Yeah. Now, where like the, there's no real difference. That it's on the same level it's on the same vibration wanting to you know be feeling poor and wanting to be rich it's the same thing it's like the same like where on a thermometer does hot stop and cold start
0: good question <laughs> it's like yeah
1: you know, yeah it doesn't right it, it's it's like but what's comfortable comfortable is, is something above that that you're you're in you're oh I'm comfortable well yeah. is it 20 degrees is it 15 is it 37 right yeah you, you, you're, you're you're outside of that paradigm right um so um yeah you know pe- people that say like they're they're you know people that say affirmations they look in the mirror and they say i am rich i am rich i am rich what do they actually what do they really believe about themselves
0: well, yeah well, like this is the thing like when anyone who like okay vision like i said vision and purpose earlier in the podcast and like look mm. i be, like i believe if you've got like a vision and a purpose yeah you will put yourself in the right direction like you've got a direction you can head in mm. but you still need to have a plan you still need to have some type of like cause and effect what is that action you're going to take because look as you said earlier with a number of people like yeah Coming in day in and day out Like with their excuses The amount of times people come up with an excuse Not to do something But seldomly Do that thing, one thing To take action, if it's to write a book Just Mm -hmm. like Do the first sentence And then basically once you've done that Sentence, do a paragraph Once you've done, do another paragraph Another paragraph, you've got a page And then the next, like Then you move on to the next page, another sentence Mm -hmm. Well mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people they get caught up in the excuses. It's like, yeah, as you say, they don't have the time. Ah, oh, yeah, I'm too old. Oh, yeah, I'm too young. Ah, oh, yeah, I don't have the money. Ah, oh, yeah. But rather than sort of looking and concentrating, like focusing on what is the one action I need to do today to make it make that move, to start that momentum and build it from there, you know?
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, and what I would say, I mean, it's it's in line with the way that I coach people and, and how I, um, you know, run my own life.
2: Mm. So
1: th- there's a structure. Um, creating, even if it, if it sounds a little unsexy, has a structure to it. Yeah. Um, it. Creating is structural. And, you know, there's one thing to have a vision. but You need to know where you are in relation to that vision. Um, because then then there's a there's a relationship between two points, where you want to be and where you are. And when I say where you are, I don't just mean like, oh, I'm here in London, I don't have money and da da da. I mean like where are you really in yourself? Like, mm-hmm. oh well, I don't believe I can do this, or I don't believe I deserve to have what I want. So when I work with people, you know, this as I say goes back to um, you know, my my you know, I think it's helpful to have the, the legal training I have because I don't get involved in people's stories. Um, and I actually don't, you know, like I'm interested in truth. So where are you really, where are you really in yourself, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is, mm. financially, all that's relevant. Because, you know, Carl Jung said, uh, which I love, Carl Jung said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Yeah. So one of the things I do is in that current reality, what the truth of where you are in relation to your vision, I make the unconscious conscious. Mm. So we, we, and, and you can do this in, in, in intuitive practices. Yeah. You, you, you call out, well, actually I'm, I'm focused on what I'm really focused on is believing that I'm not good enough or believing that it's going to be a waste of time. Well, once you name that and bring it out into the, into the open, bring light to it 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 ceases to have the the same power over you because then you're aware of it ah well this is why i'm doing this because i believe this but just because you believe something about yourself doesn't make it true unless you unless you choose that that's your truth Mm. yeah so when you have those two then you're right then you can start to say okay cool this is where i want to be and this is where i am where i really truly am you know some people like they don't want it we don't want to, we don't want to admit the thing it's like well that's a weakness and blah, blah, blah. well it's a weakness if it's not allowing you to move forward and you're not owning it we're all human beings you know we're, we're all we're all uh mm, you know flaw, flawed flawed is, is, a, is an awkward word but you know we're all in that sense like we're, we're, we're not perfect right we we yeah, we, we make mistakes, which is just, you know, mistake is not a, it's not like a, a failure. It's just in like, it's like when you, when you say like, take one, right. You know, and yeah. then it's like, oh, well, they got the word wrong. Okay. Take two, right. It's a mistake, right. You get to take it over. Right. So, so, you know, you, when, when you see those two things, the vision and where you are, then if you say, then you say, cool. So what, what is going to move me forward from where I am to where I want to be. And now I do that intuitively. So, you know, sometimes we're working on something and uh, you know, somebody has got a big project, you know, got a big meeting or a big project and you know, the, the logical thing may be like, oh, man, I got, I got to sit down and, you know, spend 10 hours, like putting a PowerPoint or, you know, this plan together. And when we see it intuitively uh, it may be like, well, go for a walk. And then there's, and then people are like, "Yeah, but I, I can't do that." It's like, "Yeah, but that's what your intuition told you." And when and when people, you know, when when I do this, when my clients do this, when 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 we get something intuitively, an action, a step, an insight to take, and they follow through with it, that's when the magic happens. Because what will happen, you know, uh, somebody, you'll get something like that. You'll, you know, you'll get um, well, just just um, just go for a walk, and the person will go for a walk and they'll meet the person who's going to out on the walk. That's going to support them. That actually is the person you needed to do to provide the office manager or to provide this other thing But if they hadn't, if they just sat at home doing the work that they think they should do, that they think is going to get them where they want to go. But they don't actually follow their inner compass. They don't follow their intuition. They're just going to be frustrated. Mm. And, and when, when you follow your intuition and when you take action, inspired, intuitive action, I don't know how, I don't know why, but magic follows. And that's, and that's you know, that's the realm I, I work in.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, a magician, a sorcerer, as you will.
1: An alchemist, yeah.
0: An alchemist. Mm.
1: We, turn lead, we turn lead into gold, you know, all that unconscious stuff. That's what, that's what alchemy was. Alchemy in was only... Always- was only spiritual alchemy. the the idea, and it goes back to the Egyptians, if not the Atlanteans, as we were talking before. But it goes back to at least the Egyptians. It you know this idea of Renaissance alchemy of like literally turning lead into gold was a front. It was a cover. It was a cover because if you said if you said, hey, you know the the cardinal and the pope come by and say, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, if you <laughs> said, well, we're teaching people to be to be creators and to be masters of their own lives well, you'd have oil poured down your throat and ripped uh, by four horses and tarred and feathered and have your head chopped off. You couldn't do that. That's heresy. <laughs> so they, what do you, uh uh nothing, we're just uh, turning rocks into gold. Going to make you really rich. Oh, okay, carry on. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. That's cool.
0: <laughs> it's like, wait, isn't that witchcraft by another name? No, yeah, no, 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 no,
1: no. But, if, but that, if, it's making the, if it's making the church and other people rich, it's okay. But, yeah. But hey, I mean, you know, that's that's a that's a, you know med- medieval uh, church. Anyway, um, I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to disparage religion. Um, it, it's it's just to say, um, you know, the there's an there's an opportunity to look at all these arcane, you know, dense books and texts and and tomes on alchemy and see that they're not. Literally, or they're not exclusively talking about taking the physical material of lead and turning it into the physical material of gold, but they're talking about spiritual, uh, metaphoric, that the lead, the, the shit, the lead of our lives, the, the things that make us human, our failings, our beliefs, all the things that, that are there, when we actually bring those out and we transmute them, Mm. we can we can turn them into figurative gold which is our life's purpose and our heart's desire.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I am curious like over the sort of six years you've been doing this now have you would you say over that course of time more people are like now looking to turn their figurative lead into gold? Yeah. Has there been a marked increase like
1: Yeah, I mean either either there has been as a, uh, you know, truly uh, mm. and that, and that's a, and that's a factual occurrence, or I'm just operating in a realm where I'm coming across more of those people. Mm. You know, so my, my antennas open more to, to that. I, I do, but I do think, uh, and it maybe it's both, right. Because, you know, um, as I said, I've, been, I've I've traveled in lots of different, you know, sort of esoteric circles and done lots of different practices and meditation all, all, all you know, also sort of yoga and, and, and other you know other practices and 10 years ago uh, if i talked you know if we were having a discussion about mindfulness and you know awareness and yeah. con- consciousness people would be like what, what are you talking about <laughs> but what are you talking about and you know i can have everybody has their own you know understanding of things and that's cool but i do think that there's much more awareness about yeah i mean the ability of consciousness and 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 the ability to create one's life and you know i mean there's been a huge surge in life coaches and all all this kind of personal Mm. development and empowerment and you know it's you gotta you gotta take everything with a grain of salt like don't don't assume that what i say is true like go test it you know go test it for yourself or, or, you know, do research, listen to people. Like, you know, somebody has to listen to me and, and decide Well, this person either sounds credible or they sound like a nut job. Like, that's cool. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I mean, uh, let me be clear. Like I'm not for everybody. You know, no. I, I, I recognize and, and, and not only there are people that want personal development and, you know, I have, Uh, stopped working with people and people have stopped working with me because we realize that we're not on the same page you know I'm I'm interested in in working with high level creators or people who want to be high level creators and I can help them do that right and and I I not that I guarantee results but I I work with people because I know in myself that I can help them create beyond their expectations but I also hold people to I hold people to their truth I have a high standard, but I hold people to their truth. And, and when I work with people and recognize what they're capable of, I hold them to it because they're on a, on some level, you know, we want that, like, ah, oh, let me just take today off. Let me just, let me just let, I'll just wait to win the lottery. And, 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 and I'll just sit and watch Netflix until then. Well, I'm not interested in working with those people, yeah. um, but I am interested in helping, you know, it's like, that's why I facilitate creative purpose. Everybody has creative purpose
0: and I make that easier for people. Mm, yeah, no. The friend what like basically goes, "Hey, yeah, you want to sit down, watch this film, eat this pizza? yeah. Okay, don't worry, go with it. Yeah, <laughs> go with it." <laughs> People often hate the other friend, which is like, "Hey, no, 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 no. Come on, <laughs> it's go time." <laughs> it's like, "Uh, it's like, no," and, like, <laughs> because you know there's that element of truth of like you, like, I'm, "Yeah." I know I have to get this going. I know I have to do this, but I, can I just sit down a little bit longer? Nope. Time to go. On you go. Come on.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really, uh, I mean, I take a point. I don't necessarily like, I'm not interested in people working nonstop and, and, and working themselves to the bone. Right. I, I, I work strategically mm. um, uh, rather than, you know, it's like work smart, work smart, not hard, Uh, because I've worked hard. I mean, I've worked jobs. I mean, when I was a lawyer, I was working 60, 80 hours a week, right? We we were doing all-nighters. We were working till three in the morning. I I did that. I can do that. I'm not not interested in doing that. If somebody else wants to do that, that's cool. They can do that. Um, You know, I I don't actually think you need to, because, and also, like, when I work hard, Mm. call it now, when I work a lot, I do work a lot, Um, but I enjoy it. And so, you know, sometimes... You know, I'm you know I run my own business. I have my own time, um, and um, you know I can take time off and then work till midnight. Or you know there there's flexibility. But you know I I don't think it's necessarily a sense of what I have to do and must. And you know I grew up with a should was probably the the most prevalent word in that my they came out of my mother's mouth. Uh, love her to death, uh, but should 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 taylor you should do this you should do this you should 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 um and i got really really sick of it so when i hear myself or somebody else say i must i have to i should it like you know sets off alarm bells because i get this like oh is that is that a choice are you are you choosing from the depth of who you are to do that if you are cool and say you choose it because must has this like have to has this like obligation burden of like oh you know I must go on I have to do this because you know it's like do you want to do you choose it
0: mm. yeah no I think it's like for myself it'll be more like yeah. You know, this is the reason why I'm doing this and mm. that why basically every action I take is facilitating that why come to being and yeah. i think with a lot of like with people you can have strong whys and you can have fuzzy whys and mm. if you've got a fuzzy why that's the why where you've got to literally drag it you've got to be motivated to like drag it through the mud and everything like this drag up hills drag it down and then yeah you come to a point where like I'm sick of dragging this damn why around when you've mm. got a strong why it's like gravity it like Mm. where it moves it drags you you don't have Mm. a choice in the matter it might be a case of you might do a a 70 hour like week you might do like a four Mm. hour week like four hour each day or something like this work when the kids go to bed work in your spare time but that strong why is the thing which is like yeah okay i have no choice but mm. go with it because it is now gravity. I orbit this Y and Fuzzy Y's not so much.
1: Like that Fuzzy Y.
0: Mm. <laughs> so
1: it, um, sounds like, it, sounds, it sounds like a character, like a cartoon character. But This is Fuzzy Y and Strong yeah. Y.
0: Yeah, so like, yeah, so what are you going to do with Fuzzy Y? Oh, no. <laughs> Strong it's, y,
1: it's, right? uh, it's, I see it like this Fuzzy Y and this furry kind of like, sort of, you know, kind of, like, blurry character kind of walking through, and then there's this, like, really crisp, clear, like, hello, I'm strong, why? Yes.
0: <laughs> this is what uh, we're going to do today.
1: I, I, think, I think we have a, I think we have a cartoon that we've uh, that we can develop there. Strong why and fuzzy why? The uh, whys of your life, or the whys the I don't,
0: yeah. of your life. Oh. The whys of life? No. Yeah. The whys whys of life, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, like, that's how I see, like, a certain aspect of that, because hey, I think so many people are like oh, okay, yeah, I I don't get it, but mm. like, like but it's not difficult. But I'd say yeah, know what your why is, and then mm. that sort of galvanizes what you want to do with regards to that.
1: I think the why goes back to purpose, right? So when mm. you when you're starting to identify your purpose, when you're creating your purpose, that yep. that that unfolds, right? It it develops, right? And and I don't necessarily know. Maybe maybe you're different. Certainly for me, I mean, I talked about like meandering around a lot. So my why mm, is is it's unfolding, and and I'm I'm like I'm getting closer to it, I'm, and and I'm closer in the creation of that um, at each and every moment. I mean, there there are, there are certain clients of mine um, who they know their why but they're, they're very disconnected. They don't, they don't feel that they can, they don't feel that they don't have permission to do that. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've got, I've got a client, uh, she's an artist right now. Um, talk about a uh, shadow. She's a painter. She's a, a brilliant painter mm. and she's wanted to be, she's I don't know, 60 something. She's wanted to be a professional painter uh, her whole adult life. And she never felt like she had the opportunity and that, and um uh and so she she does she does house painting you know um and uh you know there were things that she looked at and like well I've maybe try to do this maybe try this other thing but really i'm like why, why are you looking at you know fine you want to make money to, to paint houses that that's cool right because we all need you know not just like wave a magic wand and money throws up that's cool right but, but um looking at these other things like people can go down you know rabbit holes of thinking like, well, I got to go get this degree so I can earn this amount of money. Then I can afford this studio. Then I can do this. And then in three to 10 years time, then I can finally be the the painter or the author or the whatever it is that I always wanted to be. Yeah. And if that's what it takes, cool. But if that's your plan to get there, that's a faulty plan because I'm, that's why I'm like, that's why I help people with vision. I'm like, when people make, when people tell me what they do in their lives, I'm like, cool. How does that, how does that relate to your vision? How does that relate to the specific choice? And if they can't answer me, I'm saying, then I say, what, well, then just, you know, stop. Mm. Do, like, unless you're taking inspired, intuitive action that is in line with your vision and what you want to create, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, you're, you're off mission, you know, you're, you're off, you're off point.
0: Yeah, no. You're I feel fear-
1: you're in a very fuzzy, fuzzy, very fuzzy why. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, but like this is the whole thing. When like people are using that, it's the realm of like they just using procrastination to like basically um, stop like facing that sort of scary like step into the unknown. And when like procrastination, like what it often does, it like it's just procrastination. To me, it's just a true killer of any sort of dream you may have because like hey when when you're younger time seems to be like an eternity ever like ever extending out a day a week a month lord knows a year you're like uh, oh my god a year as time goes by you get older (laughs) a day a week look i i I feel like I've blinked twice, and payday's like coming on a monthly basis. It's like, yeah, and this year we're currently in October. November's just around the corner. December, boom, by um, like 2021. Welcome twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. If we let that sort of like procrastination, like sort of rob us of that time where we could be making some real big progress, and, like making a, like have that one random chance meeting. Like, with someone who might be able to go, hey, Mm. I can help you with that. And it doesn't mean, like, it has to be a cap or outlay. It could be just like, oh, yeah, just do this technique here, do that technique there. Come on Mm. now. If anything, out of the two of us, like, you definitely have benefited from that type of scenario. Like, just from carrying a dragon to being like, hey, a a quality welder, let's just say. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I follow, I follow threads. I mean, I I, I suppose I've been uh, good at that. At, at, at not only like, you know, I'm I'm open to other opportunities. So, you know, I, don't, I can't remember what you said, but it did. Something came to me earlier that you know comes back to me now is, uh, you know, maybe you you said like, how do people develop that uh, sense of uh, adventure? Mm. Um, and you know, it you don't need to go lift. Eighteen foot dragons. You don't need to take a job that's halfway around the world. You don't need to, you know. As I say, don't follow my footsteps. Create, create your own. Um, but I do think that the one thing I'm I'm very happy to to have, and and I think I even had it even through all my misery, is curiosity. Mm-hmm. So there is a sense that I don't know, and I'm I'm interested to see what else is out there, to see what I to do explore to explore what I don't know, you know, intellectually, physically, psychologically, sexually, you know, emotionally, spiritually, you know, like all these different ways, not to like push myself to to go places that I'm not comfortable with necessarily, but because just to be curious, like what is it? You know, so when I wake up in the day, I mean you know, sometimes I have very specific plans and sometimes I'm like, cool. I'm curious to see what happens, you know, when I come on a show, right? I don't know. I mean, you know, we we, we develop a, a conversation and I'm curious to what's going to unfold and and be with that experience.
0: Hmm. No, I hear you. And like, hey, hopefully this has been like a very rewarding experience for you so far, you know? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So, so far, you know. Oh, so far. <laughs> we'll I'm, see, we'll, I'm not going sure, to say
0: this. I like yeah. Moments after I said that, it went horribly wrong. Exactly. <laughs> it took a dark turn. <laughs> it may. Anyway, that's not what I choose.
2: I really what I choose is I just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: then he told me a story. I was like, what happened then? I got a little bit grey, a little bit faster.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah
0: like I am curious. Now, this is the thing, like talking about being curious and like yes, like learning a little bit more about other things going on. What was the sort of like inspiration behind you starting up your own podcast?
1: Yeah, well, I mean that's a it's a good um it's a good sort of thread because um I I didn't really know that I wanted to. Um I felt like you know part of one of the things i had as a as a vision as a choice was to be in my own expression Mm. now i'm a i'm a writer i I do some writing and um, publish some things blogs but you know kind of held back on 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 a lot of long form uh fiction um uh in terms of publishing and um but i had this sense of really uh developing and, and pursuing or exploring my expression and it felt there was this something like, almost like, you know, tickling in my throat as if it wasn't just writing and, and putting words down a page, but that it was something in voice. Yeah. You know? And, and um, so I started to explore what that might be. Now I was fearful to, you know, come out and really be in my, the, the, the fullness the 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 fullness of exposure and vulnerability of being out there and and speaking whatever truth it was because it was like whoa if i go out there and speak what who i am well people people are going to come out with pitchforks and you know slay me and you know god knows what like i who am i to do this right Mm. so so you know back to this kind of shadow mission i um I had an interest and said, well, oh, you know what I'm gonna do? Cause I'm interested in voice. And you know, I, I used to um, way talk about back in the day, uh, when I was at university, I had a radio show um, at the oh, nice. local, local universities in, in the U S it was college radio. It was kind of quite, quite common. So you have a much smaller sort of radius of of uh, that the antenna um, spreads out. It's not like these, you know, big commercial shows or radio stations that can you know, go for tens of miles or however far. She so may only have like a five mile catchment or something, but it covers the university and, you know, you give people who are students an opportunity. So I had a radio show, weekly radio show, and you obviously speak some, but mainly I was just playing music. Um, and so I did have an interest in doing this. Like I started exploring, like I'm doing my own workshops. I started doing like some um, uh, improv um, you know, classes and I used to do some theater. So I, I kind of had some interest in it. And I don't know, two years ago, I said, something came to me and I said, you know what, Um, I think I'm going to try voiceover, Mm -hmm. voiceover, you know, because I thought, well, I'm living in the UK. I know I've got an American accent. It's not super distinct. Like, I don't have a twang. It's really harsh. Um, Uh, I I can... I can put it yeah, on <laughs> yeah,
0: while you're doing that. I've been watching episodes of Ted Lasso so like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. going on. So I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> and, you know, people have said like, oh, you've got a good voice relatively deep. And, you know, so I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll explore that. So, you know, I started, I bought some equipment. I bought a microphone, did it. I figured out how to do um, editing and putting things together. And, you know, similar to the 125 um, uh, you know resumes I sent out for legal, I sent out, you know, dozens, hundreds, you know, let me do this, let me put this. And I got a few gigs. I did some voiceover for some uh, for some book narration. I was much better at book narration than I was at, say, commercials, right? Yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. Anyway, whatever. Um, and I was doing it for a while, right? Uh, and it was cool, but in a bit like the corporate work, I realized that Although it was interesting and to be kind of, you know, fun speaking into a microphone and doing this and being involved in audio, I was kind of just doing other people's work. Like here's somebody else's script, here's somebody else's book, here's, and I'm just kind of being that voice. And so uh, having done that and having nobody come to arrest me or put me into audio prison or whatever it was I feared was gonna happen, I got this thing, I, you know, I realized I was, I started listening to podcasts or I had been listening to podcasts and thinking like, actually, I think what I really want to do is, is start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Now that started, uh, I mean, my idea for my, the inkling started for probably I don't know, a year and a half ago, just about. yeah. And then I spent nine months terrified of actually putting it together and also trying to get it absolutely perfect right so that from the, the absolute beginning, it would be the most perfect and most listened to podcast in the history of podcasting. And everybody would say, yes, we have been waiting for this all our lives and everybody else stop.
0: When, when you spoke, cherubs came down from heaven. <laughs> exactly. And like blessed us all.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I, I put a lot of effort, you know, and 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 coming up with a, with a theme and talking to people about coming on as, as guests and figuring out how to edit and doing the artwork and da da. da, da. So, you know, the around this time, let be October. Yeah, around this time last year, I'd finally committed. Um, and I then started recording episodes, editing episodes, <laughs> had my big launch in January, waited for the seas to part and for the light from heaven to come down and there was crickets (laughs) i mean there were a few friends that were like "Ah, that's cool yeah Yeah. nice nice well done yeah cool yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, nice and i was like oh okay well that's cool um and then i then i started to get into it you know and i thought well i'm just gonna do this right i mean you're well ahead of me now i'm at about 50 episodes and you're 200 so like you know hats off to you okay you know it's like inspiration right to to and and we all just we're all just making it work yeah
0: yeah just keep the consistency you'll get there like hey look that's the way i I was like yeah i started before the lockdown in september like 2019 i was Mm. like yeah and like this is the thing my the way i started my podcast it was like yeah just me, myself recording. It's like, yes, this is me, ready, blah, 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 blah. These are my, like, these are my mystical thoughts. Oh, like five, like five to eight episodes of doing that. I was like, I no, no, I'm, I'm sick of hearing my voice talking about mm. mystical thoughts. And I was like, yeah, let me get out there and start talking to people. And like, let's just say the first ever podcast I did with a stranger. Uh, let's just say that didn't go well uh, <laughs> It's like, look, I, like You see how we had Set up lovely with Zoom And everything like this I did not know of Zoom at the time mm-hmm. And I was using Skype mm-hmm. Skype through OBS And then basically If you set it up And you're like oh it's working perfectly Then another computer comes into the mix It might not work perfectly With that other computer It didn't I was like, oh my, like, after many words of squaring and everything like this, like the gentleman who was, I was interviewing, uh, name of Liam, uh, like he was like, yeah, no, no, I'll, I, I I, do podcasts as well. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. <laughs> he recorded the podcast, then sent it to me. <laughs> what, like, a ser- what a service. Oh, Amazing. yeah. Oh, God. No. But let's just say it was not the best. And yeah. then like, I was struggled with using still with Skype and OBS. Then when I discovered, when I discovered Zoom, I was like, uh, like, no, not doing this OBS. I can't mm-hmm. be doing it anymore. I discovered mm-hmm. Zoom and two weeks later, the rest of the world discovered Zoom. <laughs> 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 so much easier. So Fantastic. much easier. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, and I think, you know, they're similar, like, you know, uh, you know, I, I started to find my mm. groove and started to find what I was interested in and started to find, my ability in it you know uh, and so what I've the the, the episodes I'm producing and, and putting out now I mean I believe I don't know but they feel better. they feel like I'm, 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 I'm more capable of the, the you know, what we're doing on the back end and how we're promoting things mm. it's a learning process and so that got me into it and that's that's where I am now and I also realized like I don't know where it goes like I I'm very you know I'm, I'm still very curious and open. do I want to be a podcast for the rest of my life? i don't know maybe i'm open to that and i'm also open to see where where else it might go i mean maybe i start a different podcast or maybe i take this in a different direction mm. um but uh, and and i think even the way that i have learned to uh curate um an episode how i talk with people who i'm having on as guests yeah it's it's developed it's yeah, it's, uh it's developed over time, you know and, and and that's what I'm interested in right is is developing that being open to something, like having a vision, but being open to that vision expanding or changing a little bit right
0: mm. yeah, and like this is the thing when with something like a podcast, like yes, it can evolve and grow into something maybe quite unexpected, uh like the sort of like when someone goes, "Oh yeah, a podcast has got to be half an hour, no, it doesn't, it could be. Yeah it could be several hours or it could just be like five or 10 minutes. It's entirely up to you where it goes. And like, yeah, with the people you bring on, yeah, that's up to you where that goes. The people you Mm -hmm. meet, the people you talk to, it's totally up to you. And I think there are many people which still don't get it. If you go, I mean, why are you Mm -hmm. talking to these people? Like if I put it from my own sort of thing, my personal thing, look, as time goes by, look, when you're young, everyone tells you, like, enjoy these moments when you're young and everything like this, because look, when the good times are gone, they're gone. You're like, oh, what are you talking about? When I go out with my friends in my like late teens and my twenties, I go, okay, we are Legion. <laughs> off you go. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> get up to your shenanigans, you get up to your good times, no problem get to your 30s you're like oh okay yeah still go out you're like we are legion it's like oh okay (laughs)
2: there's not as
0: many people there as before but yeah we still go out we have our good times everything like this you know like when you get to your 40s you go we are legion oh well no we're not a legion (laughs) (laughs) we're a small crack unit which and you're like okay now as each decade goes on, that sort of thing gets smaller and smaller. And you, the, the conversations you had, the opportunities to meet people when you were younger, now sort of fade away. And this is the whole mm. when people go, you're, oh, you get set in your ways when you're older. No, the only reason why you get set in your ways is because you're now just talking to a smaller group of people. You're not yeah. having that sort of broad, like, sort of experience, that broad exposure to new people, new ideas. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, like, one of those things where you're, like, oh, okay. This podcast has been an excellent opportunity for me to go out there, meet, and talk to people I never would talk to, never have the opportunity to talk to. Now, like, yeah, hundred like ninety plus people. I've spoken to like over a course of 2 years and yeah amazing. I'm, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. More the favorite. better for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and that's the
1: thing I mean there is a, like you know it's like we 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 produce these to to you know entertain or you know for for other, for listeners out there obviously it's not just uh, us to to record for ourselves and yet there's something we get back for it right? And, and, you know, as you say, so like I, I, I'm learning, mm. um, I'm growing uh, and yeah, like I'm, I'm following my own curiosity. Like if, if I get to a point where I say, well, I'm not enjoying it, like, like being a lawyer, I, I would stop doing it. Yeah. But right now I'm enjoying it more and more um, and making connections and sounds like you are too. So that's, <laughs> that's why we're still here.
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, this is why I'm smiling. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> time goes quickly when you're having fun. Now, I got to say. Now, now, I have to ask. Like, this will be one, like, one of my penultimate questions, but a penultimate question. But yeah. Like, where do you like? What sort of direction do you feel you are going to be going in over the next few years?
1: Wow. Um. <laughs> Well, more creative purpose. I mean, you know, I I really feel like I'm opening up to my own creative purpose. You know, I'm I'm, I'm very interested in in working with individuals, but working with groups as well. So, like, I want to go back into corporates and organizations to really... um, Merge and, and in a way almost heal, like some of the work I did. You know, I, I I have a lot of sympathy for people who work in organizations, and I and I think that you know we have corporations and they do wonderful things. They make computers for us, and mm. car cars, and all these things. But there's a lot of systems in in corporate organizations that limit the potential for people, and I think that's a real I think that's a real disservice to the organizations. I think that's a real disservice to the individuals involved in them. And I've been involved in small, medium, and very large organizations. Um, and, um, and I know, know how I know corporate speak, I know how that works. So I'm, I'm quite interested I And mean, this is a stretch for me, you know, uh, to, to go back into the corporate world, uh, but to bring intuition, to bring uh, a more heart focused way of doing things to people. And, and it feels challenging, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in doing that because I think it's an opportunity for where we are, um, world today you know we were talking about the the kind of the breakdown of those traditional you know big corporations and they're all going to be dino they are dinosaurs right i I don't know when the asteroid hits but they're they're kind of they're, they're they're going away so there's an opportunity to be involved in something that is going to benefit everyone and 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 to and that it's going to you know bring in like i i believe in synergy that um the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So that when three people are involved, because I worked in organizations where we were all involved and involved in something that was much bigger than us. And we leveraged, beyond our individual capacity or in a, and, and, and much beyond our, a hierarchical capacity where it's like, here's the person at the top, then the two people owe him or her, and then mm-hmm. the six people of him or her, them or blah, 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 blah. And that's all they do is in that kind of like thin wedge of what you're allowed to do. It's like, well, if you have capacities and can help and, to, and you know, it's like, we have to, we have this opportunity to learn a very different way, a collaborative synergistic way to create and run organizations so that's one thing uh, and then my own um artistic expression right I'm interested in in writing in podcasting um in in yeah a, a number of different things I'm mean, going to wrote a children's book last year that I'm still um waiting to publish which literally just fell out of the pages. I I actually sat down to write something else and complain about something. And this children's story just spilled out of me. Nice, Um, Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm interested in exploring and, um, you know, being in the fullness of my expression, um, and, you know, like helping, um, you know, like we all, we all play our own part. So, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in facilitating creative purpose and, you know, it sounds a bit sort of lofty, but like, or, or I don't know, maybe it sounds just arrogant or, or um, pretentious. But, uh, you know, there's this opportunity around consciousness and global consciousness. And I don't know where that goes, but I, you know, it goes to the synergistic sense. And I'm interested, like, I've done enough work um, to see what the value of being honest with oneself, to, to, you know, to be humble with oneself. And if we started doing that individually and collectively, I feel that, you know, maybe it's a belief, maybe it's a, a blind faith or, or as I say, naive. Um, but when we start to really open up to what's true and possible for us, I believe that we have the potential to create a better world. And I'm interested in being part of that. You know, I don't, I don't have all the solutions or even many of them but I can help facilitate people um, and hold space uh, for all of us or some of us to come together and and start to work on this.
0: Yeah, no, but this is the thing. It's not like, well, like the whole thing is it's never about having the whole plan or the whole sort of grand scheme uh, to make the world a better place. It's just about like, Hey, making the difference in your small area of the world. And if you can inspire someone else to make their small difference, in their part of the world and Mm. again and again and again and again hey then that's when it that's when you make a real difference it's Mm. not in the sort of grand it's just like yeah being like as gandhi says be the change you want to be in the world and that just means just taking responsibility for yourself making it better and then yeah your neighbor will go okay i'm benefiting from this and then the neighbor from there and the neighbor from there and the neighbor from there, and the community as a whole gets better from it. And yeah, taking it from there, simply agree. Yes, now I've got to say, Taylor, thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Look, like, uh, yes, I could talk to you for a good chunk more. <laughs>
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. We've had a great conversation and I appreciate the opportunity to be on, to get to know you uh, and to yeah, create a, a what I thought was a, was a really fun um, and uh, curious, explorative conversation.
0: There you go. There you go. I'm liking it. Can you tell the lovely people out there how they can find you, how they can find you on these interwebs?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the interweb, the, the grand interweb of whatever it is. So, uh, I mean, I've got social media, the Taylor Rourke on Instagram um, uh, and my website. So my company is Galliant Trainings. That's G-A-L-L-I-A-N-T. The website is gallient.life. Uh, and my podcast, The Adventures of Self. Uh, that's its tagline, um, on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the adventures of self. Um, that probably is, yeah,
0: easy enough to, to find me. There you go. There you go. Yes. Uh, as I say, Taylor, thank you for coming on today. I'll put all of the descriptions, all of the note, all of it in our show notes. So yes, go out there, find him subscribe (laughs) follow do all the things which can help boost uh taylor's profile here but yes and all i would like to say is to you my friends my life warriors is yes please stay safe stay well be awesome be excellent be fantastic be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some guys have a good day yes peace peace Yep, and we are